<clears throat> bye bye, little Sebastian. Oh, we started. <laughs> Miss you and your satisfaction. How many times have you seen that show? We're watching Parks and Rec, and we're this will be my <clears throat> probably third time through it. Do you watch, watch it with all. every girl you date? No, because I've you... only watched it alone. I think. Uh-huh. Maybe maybe with one other person. Uh, I knew it. I knew it. But it's Max's first time watching it, I think. It is. So I didn't know that song. When he started singing, I was like, bye, oh, what is this? Bye, sounded like Matchbox 20. Did it though. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like maybe a little bit of Chris Daughtry Chris in Pratt, there. Chris Pratt singing to, about a little horse. Who passed away. His name's Little Sebastian. If you didn't pick up on that. But we're back. Two-Pack Tabor podcast. Episode nine, I believe. Um, Cranking it. Follow us on, tw- not Twitter, Jesus. Twitter. TikTok. <laughs> YouTube and Instagram, Instagram all on the same handle at two pack taper like subscribe comment um. <laughs> like subscribe yeah. comment you should have those things appear we're across trying the to screen. pump out these episodes a little more regularly um, maybe one on the weekend maybe one during the week yeah but we just been trying to be consistent we've also had some guests on yeah this is like the first time in a hot minute that we've been just alone and i feel like i don't know what to talk to you about this is our first first um recording doing it without somebody in like three episodes mm-hmm. it's almost weird because i feel like we've been <coughs> spending so much time with other people lately that like i don't know how to be alone with you i feel like maybe we haven't really talked about ourselves we have some new listeners Five new subscribers on YouTube. I thought you said we didn't have any. <laughs> we have five. <laughs> and, Those five people really want to know about us. And but th- some good listens on um, in the analytics department. A lot of uh, a lot of new ears. Um, and maybe we should talk about ourselves a little bit so they can get to know us. Oh, so fun! Yeah. I do feel like at some point when we are. Um, <clears throat> Recording these, I should probably get ready and not wear my Christmas pajama pants and your sweatshirts with the beanie. Yeah, you look the you look the same on every episode, right? Yeah, I Be- might my beanie, my hoodie, my pajama pants. They're Christmas. No one they can have see those bulldogs on them. Throw your leg up. I can't. <clears throat> my flexibility's gone. What What do you think about that? We talk about ourselves today. I mean, organically, it's probably come up in some of the episodes. Obviously, about our past. Yeah, like with relationships. Stuff like that. Yeah. But Mackenzie um, <laughs> Hope Foss. You're throwing my whole name out there? Oh, sorry. That's like my whole name. <coughs> Give my social security number while you're at it. I don't know it. Thank Mackenzie God. Mackenzie Hope Foss grew up in Rockford, Michigan. Beautiful, beautiful area. Why are you saying it like it's not? <coughs> like it, it actually is a really nice area. It's like Born. the Upper East Side of New York, but like of Grand is Rapids. It though? No, it's no. not. But it is really nice. Yeah, it it's nice. Not. It's nice. It is nice. Mm-hmm. Paul grew up in California mm-hmm. for 12 years and then moved to Kalamazoo. But Wait, really. I was on you. Oh, I thought we were just like going back and forth. We can go back and forth. I don't care. But you grew up there, born in 19-something, 1900-something. <laughs> got a mom, got a dad. Born in the century after got you. Got a little brother. I do. <clears throat> what was growing up for you like I up in normal. Rockford? I think it was normal. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's weird. I I swear. Okay, so I've always wanted to go to a therapist or like a psychologist or something and get like put under hypnosis because I don't remember my childhood. Yeah, I don't remember a lot either. You don't? Mm. You ju- I just remember like. Yeah, but you can tell me like, oh, teachers got mad at me when I was younger because all the kids want to be my friend. I don't remember oh. past second, like before second grade. I remember tidbits of first, maybe like random moments, like one one to five events maybe but before Mm. that nothing no recollection i remember like a little bit of early kindergarten and a little bit of preschool like whatever preschool was but not not like conversations or specific you know words just images i guess i don't know if i remember that you don't remember kindergarten no i can only think of one instance (laughs) and it was sitting on one of those blue mats you know that has all the numbers on it Mm -hmm. and i was sitting next to a boy and um his name was logan What's up, Logan? Well, Logan actually went to jail Damn it, Logan. for um, shaking his baby like last year. <laughs> I know. Jesus. I know. People I, are going to look through your socials to see if they can find him. 
Uh, he won't be on there. Okay. I mean, again, kindergarten. So he's in prison for trying to kill his kid? I, I think so. I think shout prison. Out no, I'm just kidding. Don't shout is him out. Okay? Is the kid okay? Yeah, I think okay. the, I think the baby's all right. Jeez. But I know it was kind of crazy because I was like, the, just this guy just, I knew of him, like obviously I knew him when I was younger. Mm-hmm. We were like, you know when you have like the kindergarten, like, oh, we're holding hands and we're best mm-hmm. friends. Yeah, he was like that person. Um, but he was like very quiet and I did not see that coming, but. Yeah, my mom sends, my mom's like one of those people who like sends me updates on people right. in high school. She's like, look at this. And I'm like, oh God. Look, she got fat. Pretty much. She's like, oh, <laughs> so you see her? She's terrible. <laughs> She's like, oh, I think this is going on. I'm like, how, why are you so investigate, like invested in this? Why do you think you don't remember a lot? Is there trauma? Probably is. Mm. I don't know though, because I feel like I, I know you say this a lot. You're like, oh, they haven't been through anything hard in their life. Like I, I could say the same thing about myself. Like, I don't think I've been through anything like hard. You know what I mean? Like I had a brother who passed away. Yeah. Wait, was he, was he, he would have been older than you? Yeah. So it's not Mm. like it affected, like my parents obviously affected them. And like, that is why I have the middle name Hope is because my mom wasn't supposed to be able to have other kids after (laughs) that whole um, situation. But it's not like I knew him, you know, when he passed away. It's not like I can really. How old was he when he, when he passed? Not old. I would say like, didn't he make it out of the hospital? Oh. I mean, it wasn't like. Maybe it was days or weeks, I'd say. You don't know? No. I mean, we don't, I don't know. We never talked about it as a mm. kid, family. You know, he, we had like this box that had all of his stuff in it. Oh, you still do? She yeah, still does? Yeah, my mom still does like all of the things because like, <clears throat> I mean, it was still like their kid was born. So you don't know what he passed away from? I do. It's, um, <clears throat> what is that disease you can get as a pregnant woman? It's not sit. Well, that's. Uh, no, it's, um, oh. you know what I mean? Like you can get it from eating bad food. Oh um, yeah. Does maybe? it start with a T or a P? Okay. That's a lot. Something like that. Let yeah, me look quick, at this. Quick look it up. But, um, yeah, she had whatever that was and passed it on. Obviously you can pass it on to your unborn child and she did. And, um, he was born. Oh, it's like contagious? From, um, mom to unborn baby. Yes. Oh. It's like very, I, pretty rare actually. But, um. Because of that, there's complications with see here. her in general. And she was told that if she ever went into labor again, that she would pass away from. Yeah, I'm not finding it. Okay, but she, I, yeah, someone will have to tell us what it is. Yeah, I, yeah. Or I can look it up after. But she was told she'd pass away again or pass away if she ever went into labor and that she would probably never be able to get pregnant again. So then um, two years later when she got pregnant with me, I was pretty much I was very, very much a preemie because she couldn't even get to the point where she would accidentally go into labor because she would die. So they mm-hmm. had to do a C-section um, early on, and that's how I got my middle name, Hope. Dang. But it's not like that. That's not hard on me. Um, you know what I mean? Do you think it affected you in some way? With do you, Were you guys, like, sheltered? I don't think so. Like, not that I can remember being sheltered at all. Really? No. Because your mom is pretty, like, she likes her ways and she likes to be in control kind of. Oh yeah. 100%. And you like to be in control as well. Yeah. So you don't think she liked that to do that when you guys were kids? I think she did. I think that, um, yeah, but not in the way that's like, Oh, I couldn't play outside with the other kids kind of thing. But I do think my mom definitely right. has had like a hand in the pot with everything that we did as humans. Um, mm-hmm. but nothing like traumatic that I can think of. <laughs> I mean, the, probably the hardest thing that I went through was my eating disorder, mm. but that's like when I was older, you know. When did, we haven't talked about that on here, I don't think, have we? I don't think no. necessarily, no. When, what, I guess with eating disorders, what I don't understand is like, is there an event that triggers it like day one? Mm. Or is it slowly, does it slowly build? I don't think anyone wakes up one day and is like, I'm going to have an eating disorder. No, no, no. Not <laughs> that you're going to have one, but like, mm. um, like something happened where you're like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to change my eating in some way today. I don't think so. Okay. I well, like, not that I can remember per se. I think it was a chain of events. Obviously. Like, I think a lot of people in our generation grew up with what now people say is like almond moms. Oh yeah. I've heard. You that. know what I mean? Like, a, like they are very conscious about like, it was more the way they talked about themselves Mm. in the way that they fed their families. Like my mom was very much like everything has to be non-fat. Like just the way she ate was very like pick and choose and like almond mom characteristics. And I grew up around that, but I didn't necessarily think that it affected me in any way because I never like watched what I ate in high school. 
Um, I was just a normal kid who played them, played sports and, you know, did whatever, ate the $10 pizza boxes from Pizza Hut. But I think when I went to college um, and you had to start picking foods for yourself, you, I started picking like obviously the same things I ate growing up. But then I don't necessarily think that that was like, oh, full-blown eating disorder just because I picked these necessarily, like had these unhealthy mm-hmm. um, unhealthy relationship with food. I think it was more... And I think this might be true for a lot of people who go through eating disorders. It is like, oh, you're looking for control in some place. And when you feel like you don't have control, whether that be you feel like you don't look a certain way or you feel like you have a lot of stress or anxiety or things are spiraling out of your control in your life just in general, you look for ways that you can put bring that back. And for me, I mean, yeah, there was always that stemming of like, obviously there is a very not materialistic, what is the word for it? Like superficial. There's obviously a superficial situation or tendency to it because obviously you do care about the way you look. But I do think a lot of it stemmed from like, if I couldn't control certain things in my life, at least I could control how much I exercised and what food I ate and when I ate it and like all those other things. Was there something in your life that, why why were you trying to gain more control was what was out of control in your life um i mean i think i would say my eating disorder stemmed back to like 2013 is i think when it started if i had to like really look Uh at it um i was on a cheerleading team there was a lot of unhealthy behaviors around that we had strict regimens with like what you ate what you weighed um the way that the men on the team and the coaches would treat you depending on that like we would have these crazy things called um sports bra practices Mm. and basically we were told um and i quote we had to all the women on the team it was co-ed team had to strip down to um like spandex so like spankies a lot of times Mm. they're like underwear or like super super short like booty shorts in your sports bra and we would had to run around the basketball um court at the university there's like a there's like a track around it yeah um, and we had to run around that and we were told the reason that we were doing it is because the coaches didn't want to tell us we were fat. They wanted us to feel like and feel fat while we wore those kind of outfits. That's rough. Yeah. And so anyone over a certain weight too um, had to, like there were certain girls in the team who were put on plans, uh, food plans and had to like report to the coaches. I was not one of those girls, but like you still feel that effect, I guess, from like other people on the team. But as far as like control wise, I think it's just easier sometimes when you're like, when you're looking for a way to cope with like your anxiety, it's really easy to like, just in general, I'm a very anxious person. I have generalized anxiety disorder. Um, It's easier instead of like, I don't know, I don't hibernate in my room all the time, like and get really depressed. Sometimes I'm like almost OCD, I think. Yeah. Mm. But wait, during those practices, could other people see you like other people that were at the gym? see what you guys are doing yeah i mean well they i mean yeah anyone can walk into like the basketball arena yeah right at like a university any of the students could but i mean our practices were pretty late on like random nights of the week so it's not like there were people in there it was pretty much just us and you were you were secretly dating that coach no (laughs) no i was secretly dating my cheerleading coach at the university i went to after after um after that one i spent two years at one university and then i switched to the next one and then that's when i started secretly dating my coach Mm. which probably also added to it because i feel like that's when it like was that it's worse i think it got it it's worse yeah in like i would say 20 15 to 2016 ish it probably got to its worst and i definitely was having a lot of issues with um feeling inadequate in areas of my life including the sport that i was doing it's a very it was very competitive and i don't and you know as much as i do i don't handle not being good at things no you don't at all no um or like even not even just like not being good but like not being the best like i hate not being the best at things um and when, when yeah. we tried to play pickleball it was just like yeah it didn't go well it, it you didn't know how to handle like hey let's just have fun i did know how to handle let's just have fun <laughs> but i felt like I, I still wanted to do good like it's not fun to not be good at something i know and that's not to say i wasn't a good cheerleader i feel like i was a good right. cheerleader but there's a lot of competition when you're on a college sports team mm-hmm. and then on top of that i did feel like i had added pressure because i was secretly dating the coach and it's like there's a, another level of expectation there where it's like, did he know about the eating disorder? 
they did um, pull me aside once, the coaches did, which I actually will give them props for that because there was another girl on our team who had such a bad, um, she was pretty deep in her eating disorder and ended up having to go home for a few months and be mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know if she was hospitalized or you know much of our story Just in that her. sense, but it was really bad and the coaches didn't say anything and we all could see it happening before she actually got that bad. So I will give them props. My coach, the male that I was seeing at the time, as well as the female head coach did pull me aside and they were like, hey, we're noticing some weird things with you. Mm. But um, what was like your eating disorder specifically, like under eating? Um, Not eating. Yeah, I I definitely had over um, excessive exercising mm. and um, anorexia for sure, mm. which is not eating. It's not technically under eating. It's just right. literally whatever manipulating food in that way. Um, and I um, let's see. So then that was like, it definitely got bad then. I dated another, after the coach, which, oof, that was wrong. I should not have dated the coach. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Um, When you're in college. No. But I dated a guy after that, and he was very um, insensitive as well. He would say things to me like, you look like an Auschwitz. I can't say the word. Um, Auschwitz. Patient, yes. Patient? Or not patient. um, Like a Holocaust survivor. Yes, basically. And things like that, which were just That's like messed up, completely messed up. And he would say it in front of other people too, Jeez. or he would be like, you're skinny fat, which yeah. is like unlocking a new level mm-hmm. of fear for someone like me in that situation. Right, right. Um, yeah. So very insensitive. But then we obviously broke up and um, it just, it got so bad to the point where like finally in 2018 or 19, I think it was 18 because that's when I started, like I had to go to recovery. I had to like, crawl up the stairs because I didn't have the energy to walk and I couldn't like stand in the shower because I just didn't have any energy to do that either. Mm-hmm. And then when I, I started having terrible, terrible pain. So I stopped cheering in 2016 mm-hmm. is when I stopped cheering 2017 or 2018 around that time. I was also having really bad pains. Well, I, feel like I was having a bunch of different things happening where I felt like I literally was dying. Mm-hmm. Like everything was going bad. My eyes were sunken in. I was losing so much hair. I couldn't, my nails were breaking all the time. Like I was also growing hair like weirdly. Like in weird places? Yeah. Like I had peach fuzz everywhere. Oh. Which was like weird. Just like not mm. normal. And um, then I started having this terrible pain and I wasn't a runner back then. I right. lifted very casually um, with, but like it wasn't like I was like heavy duty lifting at that point. And I, but I couldn't get into bed without like, I had to lift my leg, like my knee each time I got into bed because it hurt so bad and I would like cry and all this stuff. So I ended up finally making an appointment with the sports physician and I went in and he said that I had broken my patella. What's a patella? Like your your shin? Your kneecap. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said it looked like I had gotten into a car accident. Yeah. Because I was so malnourished that like I just, daily activities, I had broken it. God. Like it wasn't even from anything. Like it, it would be great if I could be like, oh, it was from all those years of cheerleading, which I still say to people because they don't exactly know how to explain like, oh, I just had so many holes in my bones mm-hmm. from like not eating and basically having osteoporosis that like my kneecap just broke in half. Yeah. And you're still feeling those effects today. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Living. Which is, you know. She has knee problems when with running. I do. But um, what, so during college were you able to get like some kind of help like through the university or outside of it Mm, like with that oh i did not get any help oh you didn't no yeah i didn't get help until after um god it took a lot of people being like there's something like something wrong like people would ask my parents like is she okay and like i had people reach out to me that i didn't really know very well over social media being like hey like i think you might be sick because you were posting photos on like Instagram and stuff? Yeah, which they're not on there anymore. So no one can go looking for them oh. because I I unposted all those photos because mm. nobody should. I don't like that kind of concept. But um, it took a lot of people. And finally, I went to the doctor for a physical and I was still suffering from so many weird things that just, it, again, it was not like my, my um, what is it called? Not like the, what is it? Not cost of living. What is it like? My, like, what do you mean? Not benefits of living. What is it like? My, like when you have to put a dog down because like their living situation is not adequate anymore. Um, what would you call that? Like his, uh, 
Quality of life. Quality of life. Sometimes yeah. you say things, they throw me so hard. I'm off so sorry. I can't get back to a normal I know. Thought. Sorry. Cost quality. of living yeah. is economic. I know, I know, I know. But my, my quality of life yeah, was yeah. just so bad. Um, and I was going in and out of doctor's offices all the time. But I finally went in and the doctor was like, so what's going on? And I just broke down bawling. I was like, I can't do Like, I cannot live like this anymore. And um, she immediately assigned me to a social worker and then um, mm. obviously it says like in my files on, in my like health files, it says like history of eating disorder. So they won't weigh me. Mm-hmm. Like they usually weigh people. They won't um, ask, they will check on my weight. If my weight fluctuates in any direction, they will not say like, hey, you know, you have an eating disorder again? No, but they'll say something like, you know, there's some changes in your weights. Like, is everything going, like, are you still like getting, mm-hmm. you know, help? Are you still in therapy? Um, I did go to like an, Technically, you could go inpatient, but I went to an outpatient place. Right. Um, and that necessarily wasn't for me, but that's because it's really hard to get help at those kind of places without, like, with insurance. Like, you're, no insurance is really covering it, which mm. should be totally different. But, um, yeah, so, but that's, I didn't get help till after I was, yeah, I was well into my adult years. I, it was 2018, mm. 2019 at that point when I actually got real help. Um, so I was living on my own, had my own house. Do you still see remnants of your eating disorder like day to day now or in, in the past, even since I've known you in the last year? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think I think there's normal things that people can do who haven't had a history of like disordered eating or dis- eating disorders that like I will never be able to do. Like I will never be able to like, I don't know, like I can't look at calories on things. Oh. I won't be able to count calories. I like... I know there are times where like I am not good at fueling my body, but like for me, if I make a choice to skip a meal, like that is something I cannot do. Mm. Does that make sense? Or like, um, I don't like, there's just certain things that like, but I do notice it. It's hard. I mean, that's like, and it's like someone who has an addiction. That's why you go to like eating disorder anonymous because it's the same thing as like alcoholics Mm -hmm. anonymous. You have, it is an addiction. It's you're addicted to those, habits that you have and they're unhealthy but they're coping mechanisms mm. yeah. yeah i mean i haven't really seen you be like oh i'm I'm skipping lunch today no you just kind of graze throughout the day if you have to but yeah i'll make sure i'm always eating i will i will never go like a full day and be like oh i didn't eat anything today and if no. i and if i do it's like water you will do that for some yeah. weird reason but that's not because that's like that. do you yeah. need like flavor i don't understand <laughs> i really don't because water, you need it. Yeah, but it's like your body needs it. I, well, if my water bottle's not filled up, oh god! Oh. <laughs> I think I need one of those cool water bottles. I used to drink a jug of water. Yeah, but that's you're not going to carry around a milk. Jug. I did though yeah, to an office. You're not going to do that now. Why? When, Who wants when to I do look that? Cool? You only did that because you were lifting weights, and you're like, "Hey guys, look, there's electrolytes in this. Can't you tell?" I'm getting huge. <laughs> no, That's I, what bodybuilding. I put a do. whole thing of Mio in there. That's what I'm saying. And I think Mio is so bad for you. It gives it's you like brain not. cancer. Really? Uh, yeah. I, red good. dye 40. Isn't that like something you shouldn't have? I don't know. I, I never liked those, those powdered, fla- uh, whatever they're called, water flavorings. Yeah. Don't like them. So um, you've asked me a lot about eating disorder type behavior. Do you ever, like, have you ever suffered with anything like that? No. No? Maybe... I would say maybe even overeating a little bit yeah. where I'm eating past when I'm full just because like, um, I mean, I just like food <laughs> a lot. And there was some periods like when I was a kid, not that we were like not fed or, um, not taken care of in any way, but there was periods where it was like, um, my dad would go away and maybe we wouldn't have a ton of money and like we would just eat hot dogs and like hot dog in in a in a bun or not like a bun but um like like a a piece of bread like a piece of folded bread and that was dinner stuff like that um Mm -hmm. so maybe sometimes i eat like and i like eating out a lot you do like eating out probably because it just feels a little more luxurious yeah and i just like the taste of food i don't know it's weird i mean i know a lot about your childhood obviously growing up because you've told it you've shared it with me 
Um, but do you see any of that like transpire into some of the habits that you have now? Do you, because you, you obviously you just said with eating, which I, I totally get that. Like if you had obviously not access to adequate food all the time, it'd be really easy to mm-hmm. now at this point be like, Oh, I love eating out because I didn't have that luxury as a kid. Like, yeah. is there anything else you see with that? No, well, I will say I don't. I don't even remember, other than fast food. Even when I lived in California, I can remember like one restaurant we would go to, and it was like the equivalent of Denny's. Really? Yeah, yeah, just like a throw, like a hole in the wall type of breakfast and dinner place. Um, and when you say your dad went away, was it military? Right? No, 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 or no. Just no. Like when he would travel for work, like okay, for a long time. Um, but. I don't even remember going out to eat as a kid. We would probably have every meal at home, almost every meal. Was it home cooked meals or was it a lot of like those? Yeah, but like hot dogs and macaroni, 1990s type of food that everyone ate. Yeah. Hamburger helper. I love hamburger helper. It's not good. The stroganoff one's pretty good. I used to love it. uh, Ramen noodles. Oh, like the 90 cent ones? Yeah, they're not good. They're not good. And now tonight you had real ramen. Yeah, real ramen tonight. Yeah. Um... I, I can't remember what you asked. I was asking if there was like anything else that you think like you had a pretty, you went through hard things. You've mm-hmm. been through hard. Like I would, like I said, I don't think I would look at my life and be like, oh yeah, she went through some hard things. Like mm-hmm. I look at your life and not in any sort of offense, but like you've told me a lot that's happened and I would be like, yeah, you've gone through hard things. Like there, is there other things that you've noticed as an adult now that are due to things that have happened in your childhood or in just like your adolescent. I think moving around a lot as a kid and not, not really a lot. Cause there's definitely people who move probably obviously like military kids or, you know, orphans. I don't know that are bouncing around different homes all the time, but some significant moves and a couple of like, you know, waking up and not knowing where I'm going to be. Uh, the next day type of situations has made me reluctant to like settle down in a, in a city or a place for a long period of time and like um, think about buying property or even calling it my home. It's weird because yeah, I'm just, because I'm just uncertain. My sister moved back to California. I always thought mm, maybe I'll do that actually someday. Um, uh, that hasn't happened, but you know, I moved to Pittsburgh for work and even then I felt like uh, maybe this would be an escape I can actually go to a new place and I'll be happy I wasn't happy for a second just mostly because you don't just find happiness when you move somewhere you have to be able to be happy wherever you're at side note but um yeah I think moving around a lot as a kid and not having a completely stable home really um oh my god another stray cat you're lying no i'm not kidding a black one where at the do- at the door i don't i, I see your shadow Dude, your things every see. episode i don't oh you don't see god, the eyes yeah i do it's staring at me okay, hang on. i'm gonna see i'm gonna see if i can get him on camera no we yeah. need, you gotta get him on, we don't need to get him on camera hold on, hold on, hold on. okay well since you're getting him on camera your god, stepmom just thought well your stepmom just texted and i think oh never mind <laughs> hang on oh he ran away he wanted food yeah <sighs> Damn it. That sucks. Another cat. Another cat. As he's this carrying is a the microphone shelter. around. It is. It's because Paul was feeding them. I know. He thought we had more food. Uh, your stepmom um, texted me, and I thought that she was going to say that your stepsister had her baby, but she didn't. Oh, she yeah. just wanted to know when we could do My Christmas. My stepsister Shelby is pregnant. Come yeah. on, Shelby. Get that thing out. You love to refer to babies as things. But um, what we were talking about, anyway. <laughs> no, I'm just going to be watching for cats. Stop watching for cats. Um, but I know that you and I had gotten into a quarrel um, because... What? what? About what? Um, because... I was kind of saying that you were squatting okay. at my old apartment. Yeah. And um, I also have a um, tendency of when I get, um, or when I w- would get upset to tell you like, this is my apartment so like you can leave. Right. And um, yeah, you get, you're very, very possessive of things. I am very possessive. Very. I don't like, I just don't care for when, I just don't like that type of language 
personally, like when people are like my, 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 just because I'm, I'm just used to not having a lot of things and I guess be like sharing a little more in a weird way. Yeah. But, um, which I share a lot of things. No, no, no. I know you do. I know. But I'm also possessive because I don't think I was possessive until I was taken advantage of in my last Mm, relationship where I felt like all of the stuff that I had worked so hard for. Yeah was like now there's other persons and they walked away with it. Yeah, no, that did happen and I I don't blame you in some way. But um, I know that we talked about it because you said I've never had a place that was like, I felt like it was mine. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I have like had my own apartments, you know, own rental spots, but yeah, you know. I mean, how do you feel about the fact that like we're living in this house and obviously this is one this is roots obviously because it's a purchased house right um so it is roots but two it's was purchased um by me yeah alone i guess it always feels i don't know why it just every time i go anywhere it always feels temporary i don't like that That no i just it just in it not that i'm thinking that like day to day like oh this is just a house i'm rent i'm just gonna be squatting at for a couple of months yeah it's just a it's just in my brain it's just always in my brain when do you like have you ever lived somewhere for like i mean you've yeah yeah for periods of time yeah of course when i was a kid yeah when you were a kid is the last time you had like a long-standing yeah okay i mean i guess that makes sense then because i'm thinking like since probably like 19 every it's either been i've moved every year or every one to two years yeah that's like crazy though yeah i mean a lot of people do that i know but, but i just like can't imagine at this point like we are living together mm-hmm. in a house that's yeah. been purchased and i know and, and i, I feel settled i feel like you know root rooted here it's just i i can't explain it it's just in my brain yeah that just feel like that wouldn't make me feel settled it's not that it's just like if something was to happen where like Oh, I got to pick up and leave, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. It's just, it's, I'm just used to it. So you have like an exit plan. No, I don't. I really don't. Like you have an exit plan. I don't. I really, no, <laughs> no. You're gonna have to go live with Maura Brian and their kids. Yeah. Basements. Um, Basements. No, I, re- I really don't, but I don't know. It's probably something I need to work through yeah. and figure out why I can't. It's not that I can't be happy, but why um, I can't like get be be fully settled like mentally in a place. It's weird, mm-hmm. but yeah. When I was twelve, we I came home from school one day, and you know, you when you grow up in your childhood home, the one the one you have your first memories from, you feel like you're gonna be there forever, like forever. Yeah, I feel like every kid feels that way at least. So. I came home, we came home from school one day and my dad and mom were like, we're moving to Michigan. Kind of like out of the blue, I think, if to my knowledge, because how else do you tell a kid? Like, hey, we're thinking about doing this because a kid's going to You can't tell them no. until it's official. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, I, I was like, what is that? What is, like, that's not a thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I grew up on the West Coast. To me, like moving out here might as well have been Europe. <sighs> You know what I mean? Did you drive to move here? Or? Uh, no, we flew. Okay. Um, we. It, it, what's funny is we would we would drive to Toledo, Ohio, which is only three hours from here. When I was a kid, from California, Whoa. but Michigan again, I didn't have a concept in my head that that was like right near here, yeah. right near Ohio. Right near Ohio, yeah. Um, but we flew here, and. My dad, I remember telling me and my siblings that we would probably come back in like two years. I think he was just telling us that to like, so we could tell our friends, hey, this isn't permanent. And also so you didn't feel like you were like leaving everyone behind. Yeah, it was was for sure traumatic, like for sure. Um, At least for me, because I was the oldest. My sister probably has almost no memory. She was like five. She probably has very little memory. Oh yeah, that is, that would be the age she would. Yeah, be. my brother was one year one year younger, but yeah, it was one it year was, younger than you. Yeah. Oh, for some reason I thought he would be like he was like fourteen months. Oh okay. That yeah. Makes sense. Um, so we came here in two thousand one, and got into a rental house, and then they eventually bought like a steady like a homestead and. Is that the same home that they're yeah. in now? Oh yeah. really? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you kind of had that place for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I did. 
Um, but again, you know, because my mom and dad growing up there were also pretty volatile. It always felt like, Ooh, we could, there was talks one t- uh, at some point we would end up in Pennsylvania, Canada, because that was like the track of the person that his job would always do move to those places. Mm-hmm. And he thought he was going to have to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, so it, there was always like weird, a weird feeling where it's like, Oh, we could, we could move at some point. Um, but we never did. So was some of the times you've told me where like your parents would argue and you would, your mom would take you and your siblings, right? That only happened once. Okay. That only happened. Oh, well, to my knowledge in like, in like a drastic sense. Okay. Camera died. Anyway, usual. Um, I was asking about, um, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, it only happened once where, um, you know, my I was nine years old, so my memory's very scattered. But we got up in the morning, and, and I was in California at the time. And my mom just told us to get in the car, which wasn't normal because we would usually walk to the bus stop to get to school. So her telling us get in the car was like, what's going on? Next thing I know, we're at the airport, um, and she had a friend drive us there, um, and we are on a flight to Toledo. Ohio, which is where she grew up. It's where my grandparents were. It's actually where my dad grew up too. And his mom was his parents. Um, and we ended up living. So was, I, I see, I never really asked my dad about it. Um, but I only remember me, me, my mom and my brother. I don't know if my sister was there, but she, I'm assuming she was, but I have no memory of her. Really? Um, so she took all, presumably all the kids to Ohio and we stayed at, well, we stayed at her, her pa- parents' house. And we all, I do remember staying at like a women's shelter. Um, to be honest with you, I don't even know why we were there. I still have no knowledge of why we were there. And you've never talked to your dad about it? Not really, no. Um, why? My mom at the time was like using drugs and I'm assuming drinking but I don't know if she was like scared to be in the house. Um, but she was pretty erratic at that time. And we, when we were in Ohio, it felt like we were kind of on the run in a weird way. Cops were looking for her. She had a warrant out for her arrest for kidnapping. I think it was for kidnapping, obviously because well, yeah, she kidnapped you guys Yeah, for taking the kids across state lines. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, I don't know exactly what the charges are. You know, we were at, they found out where we were at, um, her parents' house, which probably wasn't that hard. My dad just had to tell him, go look at the parents' house. Yeah. And we would hide when they would like knock on the door. Like even, even her parents helped you guys hide? See, I don't remember them really being around, which is weird. Um, I'm sure they were there, but yeah, they would have helped because we got all the way there. What are they going to be like? No, go back. Yeah. Yeah. True. true. We we can't flew across the country. And the only story they had was what my mom told them. Um, so did they know your mom was using drugs and alcohol? Well, I'm sure because they, they kind of my grand my grandpa would smoke weed a little bit, I think, and they would definitely both drink. Um, but I'm sure they had an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, did your Did your dad use too? No, oh, no, 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 just drink. Okay. We. Then at once they found out where we were at my grandparents' house, we I know we ended up in a women's shelter because those I believe you have to stay anonymous. Yeah. You, you can't get get an address to those. Yeah. That was quite an interesting experience as well. Um I don't have a lot of memory of it, just because you were nine. Yeah, okay. just different kids, you know. I to me it's just like Kids adapt quick. We, I just ended up making friends there and playing with kids. You went to school while you were there? Yeah, I went to a Catholic school in Ohio for a little while. So how long were you there for? I, I, my memory would tell me like one to two months. Oh, that's a long time to be away yeah. from your dad. Yeah. And you I didn't think anything of like, where's my dad? Um, or were you just so used to him traveling for work that you were like, eh, no, he was No, was, he wasn't even traveling then. Oh. No. Um. Yeah, I just... I just, I just had like a blind faith in my mom that, you know, we were doing the right thing for whatever reason. Yeah. Cause again, I'm only hearing her story, but 
we were there for one to two months. I was in, um, you know, I was going to a school that wasn't great. It, I was like the, to what I remember, I was like the only white kid in my class, which is fine, but I had to like get tough pretty quick. <laughs> um, because I was by far the minority, like in my whole school mm-hmm. in Toledo. I mean, Toledo, you know, has a huge African American population being especially so close to Detroit as well. But, um, after the one, the two months, actually we ended I think I ended up going to two different schools there cause they found out where I was. So I had to move elementary schools, whatever grade I was in. I think third grade is that nine years old. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I, think, I, think was, I think it was third grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up going to two different schools again, living in a women's shelter. At some point we, we headed back for whatever reason. I think my mom got sick of running from the cops. I, I, that's, yeah. that's just what I, I'm just guessing. Did she ever go to jail from that? Yeah. So we got back. Um, we took a train. I remember being on a train. I don't know if we took a train all the way from Ohio to California. I have no, mm-hmm. I have no memory. We got off the train and basically like got swarmed. Really? Uh, that's what I remember. Like, how we, would they know that you took the train back? Did she tell your dad like, Hey, we're coming back. Yeah. Or they can. Yeah, she might she might have turned herself in, or they can maybe track that from purchases, Dang. potentially. Um, yeah, we got like swarmed. We got put in like you know FBI type of black cars or whatever. And my mom got taken to jail. Couldn't tell you how long. Um, couldn't tell you if it was overnight or if she got released that same day. I don't I don't remember. Um, she went to jail a couple of times. While, you know, during her life, she died at forty nine. But that's young. Yeah, that was at the time, not that traumatic, weirdly. But, you know, it's probably shown up in different ways in my adult life, I guess. I came home. I I remember getting back to school and kids were like ecstatic to see me. And it felt weird because it's like um, I didn't really want to talk. I didn't want to tell them what happened. I don't think I ever told any of them what happened. I don't know. They had no idea. I mean, you're also I, I think, third grader-ish? Yeah, I think, I can't remember. We had to give an excuse to like all our friends and family and I can't remember what it was. Oh, like you were told to lie basically. I like, think so. And I, I was told to do that a lot when I was a kid. To, to lie? Yeah, to protect um, our image, myself, that type of stuff, our family's image. Yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's my recollection of it. That was, it's weird because like I obviously, I n- I've never met your mom um, but I've met your dad and, um, I've been to the house that obviously they bought in Michigan and it's very interesting to put that story to him. Yeah. Cause he seems like a very normal, I mean, obviously he's remarried now. He seems like a very normal Midwest family. Like, yeah. you know, it doesn't like, I wouldn't ever have thought like, Oh, he was married and all this stuff went down and like, you know, yeah, they got married young. They were both hot-headed kids. Mm-hmm. Um, she liked drugs. She definitely abused substances, smoked cigarettes. He probably drank a little too much. Um, he had a temper. I think when you're in your 20s and 30s, guys are just... Guys definitely are at a weird place where they're... Uh, and I was this way too, especially in my 20s, where you just get angry easily. See, I would, I wouldn't, so I feel like you easily. are the most like grounded, no. patient, yeah, now mellow I'm, I'm headed, better. like level headed person. Now I'm better, but God, it's so, it was just so easy to get angry, like in your 20s, because you're just confused at the world anyway. Um, Yeah, but my dad, I think I see it in myself too now. Like you just get softer when you get older, I yeah. think. I mean, I mean, I feel like you've softened up just in the time that I've known you. I feel like you've definitely opened up more and softened because when I first met you, I I could not crack you open. Right. And I asked you a lot of questions all the time. Yeah. It's not, I'm not saying even like becoming more open, just being softer in the sense of like being nicer to people, um, crying more often, you know, not being so, I don't know. Uh, repressed in your feelings mm-hmm. in a weird way but do you think you cry enough 
Mm, probably not. I, I don't know. Are you supposed to cry like every day? Is that a thing? I mean, I cry a lot. Yeah. Actually, I don't. You don't? No. I've never, I've only seen you cry like when we've had some fights. Yeah. But not like, not when you're sad or like watching something on TV or something. Except for when raccoons die. When, oh, yeah. Dogs. I have seen you cry yeah. when raccoons have died. No. In fights, I definitely cry because I panic. I panic in, I go to like the worst case scenario whenever there's an argument. Mm. Like yeah. I feel like, oh, end of the world. This is done. I got to start over. Yeah. Yeah. Which is obviously not good, but that's when I cry. I've only seen you cry. When my dog died. Once when your dog died. Yeah. yeah. When Dodger passed mm-hmm. away. Yeah. Which was really sad. Like, isn't it weird? It's kind of weird that I like, I didn't like it, but like <laughs> seeing you cry was like, oh. I feel like men, uh, women love when men cry. Honestly. I don't, it wasn't that I loved when you cried, but you it was did. just like I, a little bit. Like when you cried, I was like, oh, I really love this guy. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, he's so, like, oh. Yeah. And I think men have a hard, pro- hard time crying just because they think they're, um, that they're going to be viewed as soft. Yeah, but I I don't I don't know any women that are gonna be like, oh, he's a softie. He's not. Unless masculine. you're crying like all the time. If you cry like, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. It, but then it's not like I'm like, oh, he's a softie. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's melodramatic. Yeah, right, right. But that's right. with anyone. That's with a woman or a man who or, cries. Or they're using that as like a um, tool, manipulation. Yeah, a little I've, bit of manipulation. I've heard of that from men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Mm-hmm. My um, actually, the cheer coach that I dated, mm-hmm. I still have a voicemail of him just bawling as a how tool you, of manipulation. How do you save a voicemail from, for years? Your they just stay there. You no, know, it is yours? I think mine auto-deletes after some time. Oh, I don't have that on, I guess. Because I, I, have, I have voicemails from like Nam, it seems like. What? Yeah, but that, I mean, this was 2015, Jeez. 16, and it's on my phone, and I... Um, well, that's the issue. I was like looking at all my voicemails because that got full and so I had to go delete them. And I was like, what the heck is this? Because obviously I don't have his number saved anymore. And it's just this grown man crying and it was a tool of manipulation or a tactic yeah. because he, we broke up because of many things. But one of those things was he was physically and mentally abusive. Yeah. And I had finally had enough and I broke up with him and it was his way of being like, I'm so sad. Take me back. I'll never do it again. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely manipulation. But, yeah, when you cried, I was like, oh, Paul. Yeah, it was sad. Yeah. My BFF died. I thought I was your BFF. Well, you are now. <laughs> it, took, it, it took Dodger passing for me to level yeah, up to that. It did. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I mean, growing up in California was pretty rough. And it didn't necessarily get better when I got here um, in terms of their relationship. There was moments I saw them happy, like literal moments, but it wasn't like ever prolonged. Did they show a lot of affection in the house mm, to not, you guys or oh, to them or my to each mom, other? My mom did to the kids. Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. My mom did. My dad, not, no. not, not so much when we got older, when we were younger, he did. What about your dad to your mom or your mom to your dad? Not, not so much. No. I have like flash flashes of like, oh, I remember this time when they were, but do you n- think not outwardly? Do you think that the way that you Frequently. saw them treat each other has affected like your viewpoint or like your your viewpoint on relationships or like the things that you uh, value and desire in a relationship in any way? Um, it doesn't really. It. I think it's affected me becoming open to people, maybe, uh, like my partner. Why? Um, because... I don't know. I guess I was always worried of, about getting into a relationship like that. That was volatile. But and why, why did you think like being open with your partner was going to create know. that? I didn't have the right tools to, or education or life experience to think anything other than shutting down and, mm-hmm. you know, just being just a guy would, yeah. would, that's the best way to go about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just being a basic guy yeah. in a relationship is the best way to navigate that. And that's what a girl wants. I don't know. It's weird. Um, I, when you shut down, it makes me more angry. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. Guys don't like opening up. Not all guys. Some guys do. But I feel like it takes time to get there. I feel like it's just not going to happen at a young age. It's 
for most. Maybe that's most. why I always date older men. Oh, is that? Yeah. I'm really bad at service level. I think I, I will say, like, I think one of my downfalls in dating, and you probably would agree with this, is that I do feel that, like, I need a different level of connection. Yeah, sometimes you tell me I, I don't feel like we're connecting, and it's like, um, or no, well, sometimes you'll just say, you know, you want more quality time, but like, I, I don't know, like, it confuses me. Yeah. Because I don't know what, what do you want to do? Go on a roller coaster and go to Ibiza? <laughs> no, I you think, know what I, mean? I think I just, I really like, I, th- I that's why I like our podcasting time because I like meaningful conversation uh-huh. where we're talking about each other to each other and I'm asking you questions. Like, I want to be constantly getting to know the person that I'm with because I do feel like no matter if it's days, weeks, months, years when you're with someone, you're forever changing. Mm-hmm. And you have to be consistently dating someone and getting to know them because they're changing. And I want to feel like you know me. Like you it, say constant. You you use the word constantly. Yeah. I think it do you think like that needs to be all day every day? No, it okay. doesn't, but I do feel like it needs to be like I don't want to get through a week and then I'm like Oh, well, we've had time together. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. we do run groups together. We sit on the couch and watch TV. Mm-hmm. This is the cats are crazy, but um, and we do things together. But I don't want to get to like Sunday and then it's like, oh, like I had all these different like adventures and you don't know about them. Mm-hmm. Like, I spent time with so and so and we talked about this and then right. I bared my feelings to this person and that person. Like, I have these issues going on and I want mm-hmm. you to know all that stuff because mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like we're growing apart. I mean, yeah, definitely just, I, f- I feel like you, you know me well enough. You can just tell me those things too. Well, right. Yeah, but sometimes I want to be asked. Yeah. No, Cause I want I to it. feel like you want to know. Mm, I do want to know the tea. I always have tea. Yeah. The tea. I like the tea. But I feel like this house is chaotic with all the cats mm-hmm. and I never felt like that before, but I do feel like it is now. They, they like to be around the humans at all times. They do. And it's weird, mm-hmm. especially river, which is our baby, the but, baby cat. But today we had a moment. What do you mean? Where you found out that you have feelings for Frodo the cat. Well, yeah. One of the cats got <laughs> lost inside the house. And Paul was like, I guess I'm really starting to like her. Yeah. Because he was like actually scared that yeah, we lost her. It was, she was in a place that is never, she's never gotten lost or hidden in. So it no. was like. And he was like, we have to find her. Yeah. It took he was forever. like, I'm going to find her. He, we was, need to I go. was in the middle of eating my ramen. So I was very distraught. I needed to get back to my ramen. <laughs> but we did find her. But I was like, oh, you like my cats. They're okay. You like them. Yeah. They're cute. They're my new pets, I guess. Um. The day that we're recording this um, is the CIM Marathon, which oh, yeah. is California we, International. I guess we could talk about running. Yeah, I think we should just because it was a pretty crazy day. A lot of people had some insane races, and we had a watch party here with our team. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out to Jane Schneedel, Andrew Whitland, Alyssa McElhaney. That was not the way you say her name. How do you say her last name? I'm not going to try because now I'm going to butcher McElhaney. it. McElhaney. McLarney. There's no R, is there? McLarney. There's no R. McLarney. McLarney. Yeah. Alyssa. Why am I putting an R in there? Alyssa, I know you're never going to listen to this, but um, (laughs) correct us next time you see us. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, They all killed it, honestly. Uh, Jay went out there, and she has had a pretty tough training cycle, so she just wanted to have fun and like kind of get back to the joy of running, which was really great to see. Andrew had an incredible race. executed it amazingly had 2k left and had some pain and still bared through it and came out with a 234 233 233 233 42 or something um and then Alyssa, same thing came out with a 241 nobody hit their nobody really hit their a goals which makes me like um, scared to run CIM in a weird way, even though were you planning it, on it? Yeah. No, you weren't. One day. Um, well, just because it is a downhill course, so you know the it has rolling hills. The perception is like, oh, you're everyone's gonna PR, but yeah, it seems like it but, was a tough day. But that's the thing too with like running marathons, which is 
crazy because like, I don't know, with marathons, it's very finicky. Like you can go out there, like I had an amazing training cycle for um, Chicago, yeah, Chicago marathon. And like, you just don't know what's going to happen. You could screw up your fuel. You could get a random side stitch at like mm-hmm. the 2K left. You can, you know, step in a pothole. Like there's so many things that can go wrong at 26.2 miles that you have like no control over. Yeah. Despite how amazing your, your training was leading up to it. Yeah. But, yeah, I am still proud of everyone that went out there. It was really cool tracking everyone. We love a good major-ish marathon. We had a watch party, and like the watching part was kind of a disaster because honestly, yeah. anything that's not a major marathon, you just really can't even watch it. It seems like which is so dumb. I know me, me and uh, Noah, Noah Win. We're talking about um, our friend Noah. We're talking about um, <laughs> like there needs to be a company that like a small business that goes to different marathons and, and just films. and just like broadcasts. Yeah. There like should that. be like a running I'm sure channel. It's, it's I'm sure. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be really cool. I'm sure there's the, like maybe an attempt that has been made at that, but well, no, it was like if ESPN three can <laughs> show like a D three football game, like they can That's show, true. you know, the marathon nationals, right. USA an, nationals, an international marathon. Yeah. It's crazy. Like insane. But, um, I was not actually at the watch party the whole time. Yeah. But I came at a perfect time because everyone was at like the 15K. Yeah, yeah. Which was, or 25K, 25K. 25K. At that point yeah. where I got home, I went to a princess event today. Yeah. I got to be a princess. Just kidding. You I got was to not. Meet I got to meet all the princesses, but it was really cute. And um, I took Paul's best friend. Would you say Brian's your best friend? Yeah, sure. Other than me. Yeah, he's my bestie. But am I your best friend? He's your second best? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I took. Um, Paul's second best friends because I'm his first um, daughter. So it was myself, his best friend's wife, and then their daughter, Ellie. Um, and it was so cute. And I kept being like, oh, this is so cute. But then I was thinking to myself, um, so basically you walk in and they're singing, there's books, there's dancing, there's oh, coloring, books. princesses everywhere, and, and it's just a bunch of girls. There's like a, maybe one dad in the whole thing, yeah. oh, one yeah. or two dads. Was there a guy in there? There was like one or two dads in there. And um, I was like, it's funny because originally Ellie's mom, Mora, was like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it, I have these other things going on. And then afterwards we saw Santa, because Santa was in the lobby mm-hmm. too. And I was like, I cannot picture Paul. Like, oh, you're tired. I cannot picture Paul at this event. No, kill me. Like, you would not have been able to do it. No, no, no. A bunch of screaming little girls going, ah. Physically, I couldn't do it. But it also was very interesting. So in the beginning, they like, what is going on with the cats? (laughs) They gave out like um, these beach balls to everyone. They were all hitting it around. Yeah. And I was like, imagine a bunch of like five to, they're three to five year old boys with these beach balls chaos but the girls were all sharing it (laughs) and like throwing it to each other and lightly hitting it and i was like this is just such a different atmosphere boys would be trying to pop it or like whacking it at people or like not sharing and it was so the girls were just like oh you want it here here you can have it it was really cute. cute but i was like oh and you are basically starting your training cycle for your marathon like this week, right? Yeah, it was my first week. I hit 51 miles, nice. which I feel like is a, is intimidating to start at 51 miles yeah. for a 18, 19-week training cycle mm-hmm. because 55 miles was my first training cycle's peak week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not like that. Yeah, it's bad time. I know. Um, even though it's like, oh, it is 9.47 actually. Um, but... Yeah, so it is a little intimidating. I'm kind of nervous too because I haven't had a training block during this winter where mm-hmm. I'm like trying to get some goals in. Mm-hmm. But I do want to be chasing that sub three time. I know it's going to take a while. Yeah. Um, You'll get there. Yeah, I know. I know eventually, but it's like, it's nice. And it's also really nice having a woman on our running team now who has hit a sub three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, shout out Nora. Shout out Nora. Cause it's Danielle and I were talking about this on a run. Like it's nice to have someone who like you can, you know, take advice from and also learn from and be inspired by. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's some, we've been getting some fast people mm-hmm. joining the team lately. Yeah. Which so is, it's, it's, gonna be it's been pretty cool. Yeah. I like our team. We all seem to bond really well and there's a bunch of different paces and I just think we're all, you know, 
it, everyone's like just cool, like good spirits, great athletes, like different backgrounds. No, yep. you're lying. Yeah, the cat just Frodo, jumped, the cat you just are jumped, lying. The cat just jumped on our table. The cat that we lost <laughs> literally just is now at the start of the show. Um, next weekend we'll be in the on the east side, Detroit. Yep. Right, Friday. Yeah. Friday we'll be in uh, Detroit for a wedding. I'm gonna try and get this episode episode out early, so if any Eastsiders listen to it, maybe we can do like a a run in on Saturday morning. If yeah, any, if anybody's free. I got 15 miles. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, I got Jesus. 15, baby. So yeah, anybody on the East Side holler? Um, Hit us up. Get a run in the morning. Maybe the We Run Three One Three group. I don't know where they meet. But yeah. Also, um, run Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Said something about that. So sick. Yeah. So we'll sign off because I'm so tired. You're tired. And I've got. We've got a cat. We've got who a cat on needs the attention, obviously. So. All right. Wrapping up. Peace. Peace out, bruh. Later. Later. <laughs>